I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, we made it to hump day, and it's April 1st to boot, Um, and that means another Wednesday Hawkeye Nation mailbag podcast. This is uh, Rob Howe, publisher of Hawkeye Nation, with you guys again, trying to get through this pandemic as best that we can, and uh, I've got some coffee here with me. Um, Having to record this about 10.15 a.m., uh, on Wednesday, April the 1st, uh, I had planned to do this in the afternoon and most likely we'll do these in the afternoon moving forward. But, uh, we have a, uh, teleconference, not a press conference. We can't do face-to-face in-person stuff, right? So we're doing a teleconference with coach Kirk Ferentz today at one thirty central time here in Iowa city. So had to shift this to the AM and give you guys this a little bit earlier in the day than I normally would on Wednesdays. But let's jump into your questions. Let's start with Facebook because I only have a couple on here and then I can knock that one out of the way. Uh, Scott Thompson on Facebook asks, when do you think LeVar Woods will get his shot at becoming the defensive coordinator or thoughts on him as a coach? I think LeVar's a, a good coach, and I think he's really done a great job with Iowa's special teams since shifting over there a few years ago from uh, being the tight end coach, and he was the linebacker coach before then. Real versatile, um, knows the game well, played it at a high level both at Iowa and the NFL, and I think he continues to get better. He's really good on the recruiting trail as well. As far as being the defensive coordinator, I, I'll take that to mean at Iowa um, – I don't think Phil Parker is planning on retiring anytime soon. Um, And I think the next in line would be Seth Wallace for defensive coordinator here. Um, The thing with Seth Wallace is if if Phil Parker ends up, you know, going however many more years, but, you know, continues coaching for a while, Seth may want to move on to a different defensive coordinator job, even though he's, pretty much Hawkeye through and through. I think if the right opportunity came up, he would probably take a look at that. Um, But I could see LeVar Woods maybe, you know, moving around on the staff. Um, It's kind of like 
it reminds me a little bit of somebody like Carl Jackson, who kind of, uh, you know, was a running back coach and that was his thing and really got locked into that and did a great job with it. Maybe special teams is LaVar's thing. Maybe that's the thing that he, he seems to have a knack for it. He seems to be creative. Um, and, uh, you know, coach Kirk Ferentz seems really comfortable with him there, but I think, I mean, I've, Cover you, those that listen to this and, and know me know that I've been around for quite a while, and I remember uh, they uh, Hawkeye football tweeted out Lavar Woods' um, uh, return against Northern Illinois during Iowa's only win in the 1999 season, Kirk's first season. I remember being at the old press box in Kinnick Stadium for that one, and uh, I've known Lavar for years and have a lot of respect for him and both as a player and as a coach. And uh, it's great having him around. He's a great asset to the program. Cole Thornton asked, how's Patrick McCaffrey doing? We seemingly get this question about every week and uh, had a chance to just kind of check in with Patrick last week, I think it was. And he said he's feeling good and continuing to make progress. And uh, obviously with the sports such, such shutdown, it's not great for him because he's trying to, um, you know, build up strength and trying to continue to work with trainers and med- medical staff to try to get his um, nutrition and meds down for the for the cancer he had when he was in eighth grade. So, uh, but he's moving along and he certainly plans on being back on the court for sure. So that will take care of the Hawkeye Nation Facebook questions for today. So I'll knock that out of the queue. Um, let's go to Twitter. And this does not mean that I think any less of my good fo- my good folks on the HN message board. I just saved the best for last. <laughs> You're not buying that. Oh, let's see here. The Stuff and Things podcast, quad one podcast in parentheses. That's at Stuff and Things podcast on Twitter. Not had a chance to listen to that yet, but we'll have to give that a shot. Um, now that I have a lot more free time on my hands and I'm looking for uh, escapes like all of us are during this time. Time for a coffee sip. Thank you for hanging in there with that unprofessional drinking on the podcast. At least it's not beer yet. We usually wait till the evening for that. I am consuming much more beer now than I was before, though. Uh, but I wasn't consuming a lot before, so it's all relative. Um, and I asked you folks to use the hashtag HN mail. It just kind of makes it easy for me. I know a few people did not do that today and I'll try to get to your questions if I can locate them. But I, I just, I searched the HN mail hashtag cause it just makes it easier to do these things. So if you guys could do that in the future, I'd really appreciate it. it makes, makes it easier to follow along for this old man, but uh, stuff and things ask, got a gut feeling on when we might, get word on what Luca and Wieskamp's plans are for the off season. Yeah, we're all in a holding pattern. This seems like a question I get weekly as well. And I, you know, from what I've heard and kind of what I've believed and felt based on what I've heard throughout the process is these guys wanted to go through the NBA draft process and get feedback. And I still think they want to do that. The issue now is what is that process going to be? When is the draft going to be? When does the season resume? Does it resume? Um, There just, there's so many unknowns right now. We've got obviously this whole month of um, 
being shut down here the, the whole month of April. Uh, so at the earliest, you're probably looking at June before the NBA season can resume. So it's really, I think they're just kind of waiting to see what the process will be. And then if they can go through it, cause who knows when, if there'll be college basketball or when that will be, there's just so many unknowns right now that I don't think there's any urgency for either Luca or Joe to make any decisions right now. I know we've seen some guys like Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa state uh, declare for the draft, but I don't think those guys were looking to go through the process. I think they were just going into the draft no matter what some of the guys that have declared already. So I think more for the guys that want to go through the process and are still undecided about whether to go professional or return to college basketball, those guys have a little bit harder decision to make here. And there's really no process right now. So it's going to be a matter of waiting to see what the process will be and then how that fits into the their schedule and then the college basketball season if that's decided as well these things are all kind of connected so it's hard for them and who knows i mean these guys may just get to the point where hey i'm i don't i'm i know i'm coming back to college there's just I'm ready to announce that now. So we'll see. But I I think these guys, there's no real urgency or rush for these guys to make any decision in that regard. What does this, uh, this is Austin Hames or Hamus. I'll go with Austin Hames, uh, AZ Hawk 911 on Twitter. What does the seven to nine man rotation look like for Iowa basketball next season? How will Fran disperse the minutes? Will any freshman play if everyone comes back? The last part of uh, your or your third question on that, I'll, I'll take first. Um, uh, I've got I have a couple stories on Hawkeye Nation on uh, Aaron Eulis. I think I published Sunday night, and then this morning I published a story on Tony Perkins, and that you know I intertwine into that story how the coronavirus has has impacted the Indianapolis guard, and then also got it just kind of a feel for these guys and what they're looking for and what their goals are next season. I think they both are college ready and capable of con- contributing, but it's going to be a matter of where those minutes come from, as you said or asked in, in first questions. I, it, to me, I don't know how it can only be a seven to nine man rotation because with everybody coming back, you had like a seven man rotation this year. Granted, you lose Creener and you you lose Bakari, Evelyn, and even Riley Till, but you also have Bohannon, Jack Nunji, and Patrick coming back. So that takes you, you know, to already takes you to what would that be eight? Um, and then you have the new guys coming in. You have Pencil Pencil coming back. I'm thinking, you know, just looking at it, you're looking at. Um, Tucson, Connor McCaffrey, um, CJ Frederick, Wies Camp, Garza, Jack Nungy, Patrick McCaffrey, Cordell Pemsel, Jordan Bohannon. We're at nine now. So that's nine right there. If you don't play any true freshman, I'm probably missing somebody too that I'm not thinking about. But um, I think this is probably at least a nine-man rotation, possibly 10, 11, if some of the freshmen decide that they're going to break through. I do think they're going to redshirt at least two of the freshmen, if not three, um, possibly more than that. But then you start getting classes backed up into each other, um, and it makes it hurts on recruiting trail because you're trying to get kids to come, but then they're looking and saying, hey, when I get there, you're going to have a backlog, uh, you know, a back jam of, of – 
a redshirt freshman ahead of me, you know, so you want to keep some, it's okay to redshirt here and there, but you can't, I mean, you can't redshirt a five man class. Somebody's got to play at least one player. I would think at least two players from this class have to see action next season. And then who is that? And are they comfortable with getting whatever it is, seven or nine, seven to 10 minutes a game, 15 minutes, maybe at most. Um, And I don't even know how that would fit in, but these things have a way of sorting themselves out. There are injuries, things like that. Um, then we move on to long hair Keel or Kyle. Long hair Keel. Um, and that's uh, at T Boeing out here on Twitter. Do you think J Bo's decision to transfer will be affected by Luca and Joe's decisions to leave or stay? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I have not heard that Bohannon is going to transfer. I've I've seen that thrown out there as speculation. I'm not really sure why he would do that. Um, he certainly, if he's able to come back and is healthy, is going to get his fair share of minutes on this team. And it's a good team with a chance to do really well. I'm not really sure why he would transfer. So I'm um, not sure where that's coming from. I know Jeff Goodman from Stadium had thrown that out there and got quite a bit of uh, backlash on Twitter for, you know, suggesting that that might be the case. Maybe somebody from, you know, that is around Iowa is putting that out there. I have not heard that from Jordan or anybody in his family. Um, I don't, again, I don't know why he would transfer. Um, You think about his legacy here uh, with Chris Street. He's, he's Hawkeye through and through to think about him going, I don't know, where's he going to go to Wisconsin? Could you imagine him playing at Wisconsin or, I don't know, in the school? Because if he went into the transfer portal, people people would be all over him. Uh, Anybody that can shoot like that uh, is, uh, is a hot, would be a hot commodity, but I don't, I, I, I don't think Luke and Joe's decision have anything to do with whether or not Jordan comes back. If Jordan wanted to leave, I would have. I would be really interested in doing an interview on that because I would want to know kind of what it would be go behind something like that, leaving a program that has a chance to do really big things next season, um, and a program that uh, you're really identified with. He's he's one of the faces of the Iowa program right now. Another coffee sip there. All right, let's move on to. Uh, Austin Hames again. Uh, will any of the following guys play significant roles this fall? We're switching to football here. Uh, Justin Jacobs, Logan Lee, Dane Benton. I think he means Belton, John Wagner, Dallas Craddeth, Noah Shannon, or Seth Benson. I think all of those guys have an opportunity to take, take on bigger roles this year. I mean, Justin Jacobs has the pedigree, um, obviously sticking with his Iowa commitment after Ohio State made a heavy push for him. So I think, uh, you know, with Christian Welch leaving uh, at linebacker, there's some opportunities there. But Iowa's playing a lot of, you know, four to five as well. So what are the opportunities there? But I think all of the guys that you mentioned could certainly help on special teams, probably with the exception of Wagoner and Noah Shannon. And I think Shannon figures pretty well into the defensive tackle rotation right now and Wagner at defensive end. Uh, So I think both of those guys will be, will show up in with playing time at their respective positions. Dallas Craddath, I'm not really sure where he is in his development. Um, Highly regarded 
recruit. So I think a lot, he's on people's radar just in terms of, uh, you know, what he would do when he got here. But I think it's taking maybe a little bit longer for him to develop than, uh, than maybe his, um, star ranking would have indicated. Logan Lee is another guy. I think it's going to be in the defensive line rotation. Uh, probably won't be a special teams guy either, but he, he will be in the defensive line rotation. I think Belton either figures into, um, that that cash position where he played last year and really played well, or maybe taking over the strong safety spot uh, that's open now that um, uh, Geno Stone has gone on to professional football. But I think if you're looking at one guy in that group that you mentioned that could have the most significant role, I think it's probably Dane Belton. Um, okay, AZN Hawkeye did not use the hashtag, but I will try to go and find his questions here because I told him I would try. Uh, Predict Iowa's starting five next season for basketball. I will go with um, Bohannon, Frederick, Wieskamp, Connor McCaffrey, and Luca Garza. So Bohannon, Frederick, Connor McCaffrey, Joey's camp, Luca Garza. That's my starting five, but there are going to be a lot. As I mentioned earlier, I think there'll be plenty of guys who play. Um, he had another question for me too. Let me see if I can find that. Uh, see that I have to jump around. Um, when you don't use the hashtag, <laughs> I'm scolding you. I'm sorry. Um, Stanley Worf's Epinesa or Stone, who will be missed more next season? Ooh, that's a tough one. I am going to go with AJ Epinesa. And the reason being is I think Iowa at that position, and this is no, that's not a knock on Stanley at all, but I think they've groomed Petrus and feel real good about what he's going to be able to do this year. I just think the drop off at defensive end is more precipitous between what you had with AJ Epinesa and what these guys coming behind him. And not that those guys won't end up being very good football players. I just don't think they're ready to, you know, be as impact. They may never be as impactful as Epinesa and chances are they won't. Uh, But I think there's going to be more growing pains there. For some reason I have some, you know, kind of a quiet confidence in Spencer Petrus being able to step in and do the job. Um, so I would definitely go with AJ Epinesa there just because of the lack of, um, I guess, confidence. I don't think confidence is the wrong word because I think there are some good guys on that defensive line. But that is the position that concerns me the most after losing seven starters off the last two seasons, teams, rosters. So defensive line would be number one for that. All right, now I'm going back to the hashtag here. Uh, let's see. Ryan Osbar. I hope I'm saying that he is, uh, Ryan Osbar, Ryan Osbar at Ryan Osbar one on Twitter. If the football season happens, do you think alcohol will be allowed at games moving forward to help entice the crowds back to the sporting events? I think Nebraska is really close to pulling the trigger. This is in good company. Oh, in good company from HN, by the way. Thanks for keeping us entertained. Thanks, Ryan. I uh, I thought I recognized your avatar on here. Um, thanks for asking the question on Twitter and uh, using the HN mail hashtag, making my life easier. Um, 
I guess when I look at your question, I don't think it's going to be hard to entice crowds back to sporting events after this pandemic. Hopefully, uh, life gets back to normal after this or whatever the new normal is after this pandemic. I think people are going to be chomping at the bit to get back to sporting events. Um, and I really wonder if the, if college football is played this fall and I, and I still am holding out hope and I'm not, I'm not jumping on that, that bandwagon that it's going to be, you know, it's, it's not going to happen or it's doubtful or any of that. I think it's too far and too early to make that call yet. I think there's a good chance they play college football without crowds this year um, or limit them in some way. I don't know how you would do that, but I wonder, but I, but to, to answer your question, I don't think there will be alcohol this season at Kinnick stadium, but I think it's coming. I would not be surprised if 2021 is the year it arrives again, if we go back to playing games regularly at the times of year where they've been, played in previous years so thanks for that question ryan and i'm glad to see you on twitter as and don't be a stranger on the hn message boards i know it's a little uh tense there right now but uh still enjoy your presence there and we are still talking sports too on there in addition to the um coronavirus threads that have people uh i don't know arguing like they normally do about sports. They're now arguing about the virus, but uh, such is life and such is the uh, landscape on our HN message board. Uh, Ruben Aragon, Iowa City, at Iowa City native, IA City native, I assume being Iowa City native on Twitter. Um, Assuming Petrus wins the quarter, the starting quarterback job, who do you think could win the backup role? Well, we only have two choices there, Ruben. It's either Deuce Hogan or Alex Padilla. Padilla um, has already gone through a spring ball and a season. Deuce Hogan is not. I think if Petrus wins the job, I really see no reason to um, play uh, Deuce Hogan beyond the four games. If we're again, I'm, and I, I don't want to have to keep qualifying this, but if things you know, if the season goes the way we th- hope it does with 12 games and a bowl game um, and uh, everything is played, there's no reason to play Deuce Hogan beyond four games and burn his red shirt if Petrus is going to be the starting quarterback anyway. Um, you want to get another year between those two guys. So um, I think it's a toss-up. I think Alex Padilla obviously has even more of an edge now Um because it, it, even if the season's played, I, they're, they're going to have a limited amount of summer um, practice, I think, anyway. So, uh, but it's a toss-up. I mean, I, I do think that the coaches are more than willing to um, name the the backup. Who like last year, they didn't have to name Petrus the backup. It could have been. Um, why am I forgetting his name now? The the young man that transferred from Texas, um, Peyton Manziel. He could have been named the backup last year, being the older guy trying to keep him around. But I like that the Iowa coaches don't play games with with that. But I think Padilla is a guy that people are overlooking. This is a guy that Georgia came in on and wanted. Um, I think he's going to throw his hat in the ring pretty hard and uh, maybe have a chance to, uh, to surprise some people. All right. I think that's it in terms of Twitter mailbag. So let's go to the message boards. All right. 
Let's see here. Uh, let's start with basketball because I think I have more questions in here. Um, let me take another sip of coffee too. I need this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That was a big sip. Other than doing puzzles, how are you staying sane during this quarantine? Yeah, I've posted some of my puzzle work on Twitter. Um trying to uh, find things to do like everybody else. Um, So things that I do to keep sane, I play driveway basketball with my kids, um, the puzzles, take walks with my wife during the day, every day. Um, I posted that on Twitter too. I got in some good steps last month, Um, but I had started to exercise anyway. And like I said, on Twitter, it's kind of offset by the increased beer consumption. So, but yeah, just trying to trying to do what everybody else is trying to get outside a little bit every day and work. I mean, I'm still working and still writing and trying to produce content to uh, help folks escape from uh, really a, a really tough and depressing time right now. So pretty much work puzzles um, and family time. I would say those are the three things that I'm doing to to trying to trying to stay stay sane. Excuse me. Any upcoming classic games that you plan to watch or have enjoyed watching? I'm not a replay guy. I just, I, I'm very much into live sporting events, which means this is not really a good time for me. I don't really go back and watch any classic games. I've got the 80s. I'm a Mets fan, so I've got the 86 um, World Series on DVD that I could watch. But I just, I'd rather watch just regular TV shows and stuff like that. Um, then watch replays of sporting events where I know the outcomes. Um, I will probably watch the Chicago Bulls, uh, Michael Jordan uh, documentary that's coming up on ESPN. So I, as a Knicks fan, I can re I can relive um, the agony of, you know, going through that as a Knicks fan when I was younger. So uh, watch Jordan and company tear my heart out again. Have you watched Tiger King? I've, I started to watch it, and I was like, meh, it did not inter- interest me. Um, I get that it's entertaining people, and I'm happy that it's entertaining people, and I'm glad people have something to use in as, as an escape and uh, as a way to uh, entertain themselves during this. But I really – I'm a Better Call Saul guy, Ozark um what else have i watched i watched russian doll with my wife which was really good on netflix um i'm trying to think what else i i've been watching i think we're going to watch fleabag soon and uh just trying to find things like that trying to find I, I, westworld i i watched the first two seasons but it's just kind of really bizarre i don't know if my head is at a place where i can can watch that right now and jump back in and trying to figure out what the heck's going on but I appreciate you asking personal questions and uh, it helps to talk about them. It's therapeutic. So I would recommend that you guys 
try to try to communicate and uh, talk to as many people as you can. I, you know, these podcasts help even this one where I'm talking to myself, uh, radio shows that I've been able to hop on here and, and other podcasts that I've been able to, to take part in all help. It's, it helps to communicate. And when you, you can't, when there's not much face to face contact um, and we're all kind of self quarantining right now, uh, it helps to to reach out and, and uh, interact as much you can, however you can. Uh, Team has asked Garza seems to find a gym to train. Have you heard if any of the other players have been able to find a gym to get shots up during the quarantine? I think a lot of guys are just going to parks, their driveways. Um, I have, but to answer your question, I have not heard. Um, but I think most of the guys, being as it was spring break, ended up getting home. So I'm, if there are places to find gyms, uh, but with most with schools and if, I'm not, I'm going to have to find out where Luke has been working out. You guys probably know, and I'm probably just an idiot and haven't really looked into it that much, but he does look like he has a pretty nice setup. Uh, TK Sirius, uh, the love doctor. Do you think Garza breaks out the 15 foot sky hook next season? Man, I hope so. That is such a lost shot. And I, you know, if you watch, I know I'm old, but if you watch films of Lou Cinder, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you, um, you realize what a devastating shot that can be when it's, when it's done well. And uh, I'm surprised more players haven't used it. And I think it's perfect for a player like Luca who's not overly athletic, um, but with a shot like that can get it off and make it that much more uh, effective for him and also give defenses something else to think about where they have to defend. So I sure hope so. I hope if anything good comes out of this, uh, it's Luca being able to add more things to his game, more aspects, more weapons to his game. If he can do that, man, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe he can actually win the AP national player of the year. Um, I kid, he got ripped off and we all know that. Um, who are, uh, one Hawkeye one asks, who are some of your favorite Hawkeyes to interview both past and present? I looked at this question ahead of time and I try to ask, look ahead at some of these questions ahead of time. So I'm somewhat prepared and not coming completely off the cuff. So this would be, I don't remember 97, 98 was my first season covering Hawkeye athletics. So however many years that is 23, uh, something like that. I've interviewed a lot of players. Um, but uh, if I'm going back, I'm just going to, I wrote some down here and I'm going to leave a lot of guys out, but your question is some of your favorites. So I'm, I have an out there. If I'm, if any former Hawkeye athletes are listening to this, who I did not list, I loved interviewing you too. Cause there really weren't many players and I wouldn't name them anyway, that I didn't enjoy interviewing at Iowa uh, or coaches for that matter. I've enjoyed all the relationships and that's the best part of the job. Um, but here's my list football wise Colin Cole who I did the pod and was a big reason why I I got Colin to do the podcast with me last season because I really enjoy his insights and and interacting with him John Loudermilk's another one that may surprise some people but just really a cerebral 
uh, engaging guy to talk to. James Vandenberg, Fred Barr, Julian Vandervelde, AJ Eads, Abdul Hodge, Brian Ferentz, AJ Epinesa, DJK, Albert Young, and Tristan Wirfs. So it's kind of a mix through the years. I tried to mix it up a little bit. And then basketball-wise, Luke Recker, Greg Bruner, Luca Garza, Devin Marble, Aaron White, Anthony Clemens, Reggie Evans, and Jess Settles. Uh, I also interviewed – I mean, I go back, obviously, with Jess, but, um, you know, Tim Dwight. There, there are so many guys that I've enjoyed talking to and who I've continued to talk with through the years. So thanks for that question and taking me down memory lane a little bit here. And then we'll get to the football board, and then we should be – wrapped up with this another mailbag podcast which will allow me to get to the grocery store for my once a week shop it just creeps me out being in the grocery store man with the blocks on the floor and wiping down the belt and the plexiglass between you and the cashier and people in the aisles just staying far away from each other um it's just so weird the world has become so so weird but I am fully on board with everybody who's doing what they can to social distance and try to flatten this curve a little bit and get life back to as normal as we can because uh, it's getting bad and it's going to get worse here moving forward. By the time I talk to you guys next week, we're going to have lost a lot of other people and um, and there's a good chance we're all going to lose somebody close to us. So um, hang in there. All right, we're back on the football board. One Hawkeye one. Uh, who asked just asked the basketball question about the, the players that I interviewed, and I appreciate him participating in this. There is, or her, there is a growing thread on SciFan. I don't know what that is. I guess that's Cyclone Fanatic, filled with Twitter posts about Akron Wadley selling signed gear to Hawkeye fans, but not delivering after taking their money. Have you heard anything about this? I followed it just from the periphery on. Um, on on Twitter, I saw that, I guess I forget what night that was, Sunday or Monday, where that became kind of a, a Twitter um, topic uh, that people were going after him and he was trying to defend himself. And I don't really know what the situation is there. I would have to look into it a little bit closer. I know Akram and he is another guy that I probably could add to my list of, you know, players that um, I like to interview I don't know if there's I – know, I know he did tweet that because of the virus, they've stopped shipping now. Uh, I don't know um, if there were complaints before the virus hit that he wasn't sending things out. I, I, to be honest with you, I haven't really followed it that closely, one Hawkeye one. It doesn't surprise me if it's on a cyclone board that they're trying to, to stoke the fire if there is one there. So I would just be careful to buy in too much to what you're hearing uh, out there on the interwebs and maybe you can even reach out to Akram on Twitter. He's, uh, he's pretty, I think his DMS are open and I think he's pretty open to interacting with Hawkeye fans. So I would try to get to him and find out an answer there. And maybe if I have some time, I'll catch up with Akram and find out what's going on there. And then we'll wrap up with SSC Kelly, another, uh, another, a um, frequent contributor to this podcast and I appreciate uh, very much contributes on the message boards as well. And I really uh, appreciate all of you guys trying to keep this thing going here and helping us out because it's tough for everybody um, around the world and 
obviously the financial impact and we're going to try to keep things going here at Hawkeye nation as long as we can. And hopefully we'll have games to talk about again in the future, but SSC Kelly S coronavirus be damned. If you could do a one, if you could do one face-to-face interview with someone right now, who would it be? And he has parenthetical reference alive. And what would you ask them? I cheated a little bit. I did look at this question ahead of time just to kind of rack my brain a little bit, which is a little mushy these days. Um, For me, it's the interview that's kind of uh, the one that's I've tried for years and years. And I think I may have even talked about that on this podcast or on the, or written about it on the message boards, but um, Ronnie Harmon uh, is just a guy you know, people that I've talked to, I, I, I mentioned that I started in 97, 98 covering Iowa football and basketball and sports, Iowa sports in general. Uh, but Ronnie's one of those names that come up when people talk about the greatest Hawkeye football player ever. Um, his name is definitely usually definitely comes up in the conversation. Um, and unfortunately, his, his performance in the um, Rose Bowl, as many of you know, is one that is been controversial for years, whether or not uh, he intentionally fumbled and that narrative that he did intentionally fumble. um, I think it's hit him hard from the people that I've talked to that are close to him. Um, And and it's a reason why he hasn't agreed to do interviews with anybody really. And um, you haven't seen him back as an honorary captain. I mean, he's natural for all that. He's not really around Iowa athletics and that's all a shame. And, I would, I would, if I had a chance to ask him, I have a lot of questions, but I would just ask him how that narrative that accuses him of, of um, fumbling intentionally, meaning that he was on the take in the Rose Bowl, has impacted his life. Because this should be, I mean, his college career should be something that's celebrated, something that he's revered for, uh, that when he comes back, he's just, you know, I don't say they throw parades, but I mean, it's just unfortunate that, you know, somebody that is so, was so important to us, such a, you know, great, you know, successful time of Iowa athletics in the eighties and Hawkeye football and Hayden Fry isn't really much of a part of, of the program or the history anymore. This should be the time when that's happening and it's not. And, uh, I hope someday uh, I can convince him to do an interview or somebody does. I, I would love it to be me and have that opportunity, but I would definitely ask him. I mean, that to me is the most, um, I would, I would be most interested in the answer to, you know, what, what's life been like not being able to, to be um, connected and it's really, you look at it, and I'm sure Iowa football would welcome him back. It's a choice on his part. So that obviously tells me he's pretty hurt by what has happened um, and feels um, uh, like a fan base or a portion of a fan base turned on him after all he gave to the university. So that's kind of where that is. And um, that was a good question to end this podcast on again i appreciate all of you guys checking out hawkeye nation and interacting with me on twitter and the message boards and reading the content and listening to the podcasts 
Um, we really appreciate you sticking with us and, and supporting us during this tough time. We're going to continue to try to produce content to serve as, as best of an escape as it can be during these tough times. But be safe out there and, and you know, hug the ones you love. And uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. I think I'm going to continue to do these mailbag podcasts every week, uh, even if you don't want to listen to them. Um, they're therapeutic for me. So I'm going to do it. It'll be a little bit self-serving as well, but thank you guys again. This is Rob Howe, publisher of Hawkeye nation, and we will talk to you soon.